and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Johnny McFarlane and joining me today are the Captain Courageous and Captain Just Back from Prague. I don't even know where that came from. I'm just strapping on. I was sure you were going to say Captain Czech. It would have made a lot more sense. Yes, that would have been better. Open goal. Jules. Alrighty. And Howdy Boyle. And Gaby McKay. Well done. Welcome. Do you have a nice holiday? Uh, I did, thank you. You so, were much missed. We did get stuck into Comarnica a fair bit in your absence. We were hoping you were listening. Yes, I was. Yeah. I was listening, just filled with rage, walking mm-hmm. around the old town of Prague. <laughs> Waving cheap beers. I would, have you, yeah, would have been too drunk to care. Yes. Um, what are we talking about today? Well, Partick Thistle is the big story. After Ian McCall was appointed manager, we'll be looking into that. We're going to talk about Aaron Hickey and the fact that Man City are scouting the 17-year-old Hearts fullback. And finally, Fraser Foster said today that Celtic could hold their own in the English Premier League. We're going to examine that claim. So, Partick Thistle to start, gentlemen. Um, Ian McCall, the manager, former manager now of Air United, has left the club in second place to join the club at the bottom of the Championship. A club that is not only in a terrible situation in terms of the league, but is on the, the verge of a takeover that's been going on in the background, bubbling away for quite some time. Gibby Mackay, is Ian McCall mad? Well, possibly. I wouldn't like to comment on the madness <laughs> or otherwise of Ian Allegedly McCall. mad. Um, but, uh, I mean, his son's a big Partick Thistle fan, isn't it? So yeah. then, And he said, um, I saw the interview he did today where... He said that he felt he owed Partick Thistle after they helped him when he had a sort of gambling problem and they stood by him, and so he felt that he owed them. So I think it's probably more a choice of the heart than the head, this one going from air to Partick Thistle, which, okay, he's going to a bigger club, but one that's in a bit of a turmoil, uh, you know, turbulent situation. We don't know what's going on with the owners. I mean, the fans haven't had any real update on what's happening with this proposed Chinese takeover. We don't know if that can even happen because they own an English club and there's these dual ownership rules. And Air United, okay, while it's a much smaller, almost insignificant, tiny, tiny club, <laughs> the third biggest club in Ayrshire. This is what we've missed, Jules. That is, that, that unbiased. Petty, petty Ayrshire <laughs> nonsense. Exactly. No, in all seriousness, though, it's a well-run club. Uh, Lachlan Cameron, the guy that owns it, has supported that club really well. He turned them professional a couple of years ago. They've been making steady progress ever since. They, last season, they had a good run last season. I think they got into the playoffs, didn't they? They were top of the league for a long while last season. They were up there challenging at the top and then, okay, kind of fell away. So he's gone from a sort of very stable environment down there in, on the coast of Ayrshire <laughs> and uh, gone to a bit of a turbulent situation. But I think it's more of a choice of the heart than the head when you when you look at his quotes and you look at what he's saying about it. I think his quotes, I think you can see, I mean, taking aside the sort of banjo playing bitterness, um, <laughs> I think you can see, he's basically what he said, read between the lines, I think he said basically he's taking it as far as he can take it. Um, Thistle might be in a bit of a turbulent time at the moment. That is more to do with, I think, well, obviously there's a takeover impending, that can go either way, but as, as the, the turbulence is put to do with more the management of what they've had of late. Um, he obviously thinks he can write that ship um, or steady that ship, uh, whatever the, the phrase is. So obviously he thinks he can do more with it. He, do, he did say he thinks he's got more resources as well. They can spend more, they can buy more, they can hold on to players more. He got in that little barb about, you know, losing... Um, these players this season, they're losing, they're losing his best players, nobody able to replace them. So obviously I think he looks at it and goes, you've done as much as I can. I've taken Air United to within a ball here of getting into the 
you know, the top flight, and he, he was close to it for a while. Do you know what I mean? He's done that thing. I think he thinks that that's as good as it's going to get for him, and he's got this opportunity. I did see someone yesterday who just came as a lifelong Thistle fan. Um, which I wasn't entirely. Well, see, I wasn't sure that was true. I thought yeah. it was that his son supported Partick. No, Lyle. he's he's been a Thistle fan, lifelong Thistle fan. I mean, I, I did. he stayed in the area for thirty years. Don't think he's he was still. a Thistle fan as a boy. Yeah, I thought uh-huh. he was a Rangers fan. I thought. I, 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 I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but he's he's definitely been following the Jags. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I say son, his son, son definitely, definitely is. Yeah, well, I, I, I did. I said no office yesterday. I did have a beer with him a couple of years ago by accident, um, and a good chat about football for a good couple of hours. Did not get the, the vibe he was a Thistle fan. Um, it was an guy. hour when you told me that story earlier. Now no, it was it's an hour. Hours. No, no, no. It was an hour. I thought I realised who he was. <laughs> so did the I reason the fag and went? Hang on a minute. I see McCall. <laughs> did the reason that you didn't get the vibe he was a Thistle fan that he wasn't drinking a craft beer? Yes, it was. It was indeed. <laughs> he was a regular human being, just have a normal beer like a normal person. Um, yeah. So no, I didn't get that vibe off him at all. We did have a quite a spicy debate, and in a good nature way, of, of course. But. Uh, yeah, so he's, I think he's, he's made the call because he knows he's got as far as he can in Ayrshire, that he's taking it as far as it's going to get. He's, if, I think the best they can hope for this season is to kind of get about the same again. He's not going to get them promoted. Do you know what I mean, that's not going to happen now. Um, and he's going to. Thistle. But they're right in the mix. They're right in the mix. They're right in the mix last year, and he's obviously this, this is his decision. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's not going to happen. He's made a call saying he said it in black and white. He said that this is as much as he's going to get with us. We can do better at this team, even though they're at the bottom. He's he's made that call himself. He's he's made that Ian McCall himself. He knows what what, what he's not left there lightly. He's been doing really well with them. He's made a decision thinking I'm not going to get any further with this team. Thistle might be in the grubber, but I can get them back up again, and they should be able to. One of the interesting aspects of this, Gaby, was the fact that Alan Archibald has joined his management team now. That's the former manager who only left last season. Yeah, it's a strange one that, I mean, I didn't actually realise this until I came in. I mean, I've been away, so I heard that McCall had been appointed manager. I didn't realise this until I looked at the, the thing that Archibald was assistant, which is a strange move to, I mean, it was what, it was probably about this time last year to get rid of the manager and then a year later bring him back as the assistant manager. Like, I know he's a club legend as, um, I've got a little bit of a grudge against him through no fault of his own because there was one time I was at Teen the Park and some Partick Thistle fans were singing a song about Alan Archibald for about three hours and uh, couldn't sleep. So I've got a little nice bit one. of a grudge against him for that just to get everything out in the open here. But it is a strange one. Um, I think there are certainly some Thistle fans that thought it was... Maybe not that it was harsh that they got rid of him, but they quickly realised that Gary Caldwell was not any better and they're like, well, why are we getting rid of a guy who is a club legend and bringing in... Caldwell, although you know who must be raging? Chris Doolan. Partick Thistle legend goes and signs for United for Ian McCall and two months later Ian McCall's going, oh, I'm going to Thistle by the way. Well, I think McCall's quotes, he said something akin to, um, you never know what will happen in the future regarding Chris Doolan because he's the kind of guy you'd like to have around the club. It was, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, but there was a sort of, there was a little uh, trail there left for him. He's on his way back at some point, there's no, there's no denying it. You'd have to imagine that that would be yep. on the agenda given the situation. But yeah. uh, Alan Archibald, I mean, he was arguably one of the most um, impressive in terms of results Thistle managers ever. He got them into the top six. I mean, that's almost <laughs> un- unimaginable, really. Um, so it's a surprise that he hasn't been able to go out and get himself a, a decent job. I know it went down the swanee as, as it went on, and ultimately Thistle were relegated, although it was a close relegation. It wasn't like they were they were completely thumped for an entire season. You know, they, they went down narrowly. But the championship season's beginning, it was a disaster. Honking. And, and they, they clearly weren't, weren't up for the challenge of challenging for that league. No, no, not at all. I mean, the, the, the Colby had lost the dressing room, he'd lost the fans. 
he'd lost the ma- every person in the street. I mean, it was. It yeah, was but I'm not talking about Caldwell. I'm talking about um, Alan Archibald. Oh, actually, I thought you were talking about Caldwell. No, no, because no, that's Col- disastrous. Caldwell was also disastrous, <laughs> but. Um, well, well, we say that about Gary Caldwell, he was disastrous, but he did save them from relegation. I it, think they finished yeah, sixth. No, right. No. I'm not I'm not having this. <laughs> he got appointed in yeah. October of that year and they spent a lot of money in January. He brought in a load of players and they yeah. very narrowly avoided relegation on yeah. what the second last day of the season. I'm not having that as a saviour act. No, come no, on. Definitely not. Definitely not. You're so you're I mean, so look you're at so his, open look, here, at his, look at his win ratio over is. the spell he has there. I don't hate him personally. Well, what what just, would he have been asked to do at that point? Because I think they were eighth. Well, I believe in. when he came in that the stated aim from Jackie Lowe was to get back up and challenge him for yeah. promotion. I think they said when he was appointed, they could still win the league. I yep. think uh, someone, listeners can look up the quotes. I think that was the yeah. actual quote from Jackie yeah. Lowe. So he would have been asked to play off get, them, get them playoffs minimum and they just avoided relegation. Yeah. I mean, he won, about, he won about six on. games as Partick Thistle manager. It is early in the season to get rid of a manager at any point. It is. Six games. It's not a lot of time to get things right. You're going on for last season as well. Yeah, and you could see, I think, with the way things were going, the fans were totally against him. I think you guys mentioned it on the podcast the other day when they had that Chris Doolan testimonial. There was a lot of bad feeling (coughs) about the way he sort of pushed him out, pushed guys like Chris Erskine out. You could see the the fans, it was just as bitter as Far Hill gets. It was was pretty. Yeah, yeah, it was was no sugar in a cappuccino sort of bitter. Basically, Gary Caldwell... Is like Monchi at Roma. No, because Monchi was successful elsewhere. Gary Caldwell's never been <laughs> successful as a, as a manager. I'm digging, I'm, I'm oh, digging yeah, myself a yeah, hole yeah, here. Yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to move it on as is my want. <laughs> um, Sorry, Gary. From Thistle to Arden Hickey, <laughs> who is one of the most talented young players in Scottish football at the moment. Incredibly two-footed, can play on the left, can play on the right. 17 years old. Um, he came on to the scene duels in May... Played a few games for Hearts in the first team and just hasn't looked back. He was excellent in the Scottish Cup final and scores the winner for Hearts against Hibs to save Craig Levine's job effectively at at the weekend. And now we hear Manchester City have been scouting him for a number of months, presumably since he first broke into that team. Rather than going into the detail of that, I just want to ask you, he's playing in the Hearts first team. He's pretty much guaranteed a game if he keeps up the current level that he's playing. I'm sure Craig Levine will want to give him a rest now and again because of his age. But despite the riches that would be on offer to go down to the Premier League, will that be the best thing for his development? Because the game time that he's getting will be absolutely invaluable for him going forward. He can have two seasons and he'll still not be turned 20. But he goes down there, goes into that youth system, perhaps he doesn't play another competitive game for a couple of years. Could do. Um, I mean, I think what's most likely he probably end up doing is going back out and loan. Um, he'd do a Patrick Roberts or that sort of, you know, he'd go back somewhere else. The question is, would he be back out and loan a better team than Hearts, a better standard of football you get at Hearts, a better standard of competition? So would he maybe play in the Championship or would he go on loan to Celtic Rangers up here or whatever? Potentially he could get a better gig than Hearts. Do you know what I mean? But at the moment he's getting full professional football, he's getting full-time football. He's getting a lot of responsibility on him because he's actually dragging that team up by the, the scruff of the neck at times, um, which is a good learning thing for him as well. I think it would entirely depend on what, what he was going to get because a lot of the time you see young players get out of these things and they do, the, the competitive football just disappears. Do you know what I mean? So it would depend entirely what he was going to be getting on offer after that um, and where he was going to go. Gabe, so. have you been impressed by the kid? 
Yeah, I have. I was at the Scottish Cup final, and when you saw that he was starting up against um, James Forrest, I think it was, and you just thought mm, this could be a, a long afternoon because that was only about his fifth or sixth game. He yeah. hadn't played a lot of football, and you thought he could struggle here, and he was really impressive. He done well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, we saw what James Forrest did to Stephen O'Donnell the weekend, so. <laughs> yeah, Scottish football. Did you, did you see it? Did you see it? Yeah. <laughs> Scotland's most handsome fullback, Stephen O'Donnell. Yes, I did see it. Um, Anyway, <laughs> but no, I think he's a really impressive talent. I suppose the it's like a trade-off, I guess. So if you go to a club like Manchester City and you're training in those facilities with some of the best coaches in the world, with some other promising young players, you'll probably learn a lot. But then if you don't get the game time, uh, is that going to be as beneficial for you? I mean, I remember Matty Kennedy, who's at St. Johnson now. He was at Kelly and he was playing most weeks and he left and he went to Everton when he was about 17 or whatever and he just he never played for Everton. He was getting farmed out on loan to Portsmouth and to Hibs and stuff. And he's come back up here and you can still see he's a good player, but you'd probably say for his development he'd have been better off playing more football at that young age. But of course there are examples of it working the other way. You know, you, I mean, the big teams in the big leagues, you know, your Man City, Chelsea, Real Madrid, Juventus, whoever, they, they go around Europe and they just look for these 16, 17-year-old players and they sign them for what is for them a very small outlay. If it doesn't work out for them, meh, they can loan them out. They can probably still sell them for a profit because they've been at those clubs. And if it does, then obviously it's a big success. I mean, uh, Martin Odegaard is one a good example at Real Madrid. I mean, they poached him at about, what, 16 um, he's not really played for Real Madrid, but he's doing well for uh, Levante. He's playing for now. I think he's been really impressive for them this season. So you just never know how it's going to work out. Jules, we saw that happen, of course, with um, Billy Gilmore, who left Rangers. The question is, would you know, especially at the old firm clubs, would these players actually get a game in? I mean, would, would Billy Gilmore be in Rangers' first team right now? Would he get ahead of Ryan Jack? Would he get ahead of Stephen Davis? Um, I think I, that's questionable. It is. Well, I mean, we've discussed this before, and there was a lot of feedback on it um, on, on social media. I think at Rangers, obviously, at the moment, they, they, they probably wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're not bringing through as much. You look at the Celtic team, though, and you've got you know a good brace of young players that have come through the ranks. You've got your McGregor's, you've got your Tierney's, you've got your Forrest's. But, but what about the next generation? Because uh, Karamoko Dembele yep. is an astonishing talent by uh-huh. by all accounts yeah. I, I mean I've been impressed with them but the people involved in the youth setup say this is a serious serious talent yeah but he he broke on to the the, the first te- broke into the first team at the end of last season he's had a wee injury do you expect him to go into that side yeah well we, we, we discussed this I think at the end of last season um I, we, we, we agreed we, we both we all agreed like three at the time I think he will he is going to be drip fed into that team at the start of the season especially it's about hear him scare him it's about full on he has an injury as well he's going to be going in it in a more gentle basis he's going to be coming in through the, through the each game he's not going to be just chucked in at the deep end um, I fully expect him to be, by the end of this season I fully expect him to be getting regular football in it how much of that is a different thing and again though the squad is enormous well that's what I was going to say that, that's a problem for me because Rangers and Celtic are both getting to the stage now when they're competing on two fronts they've got big squads they've got international players and you get this situation like we had in the 90s where it just stagnates youth development for both sides yeah, I suppose. I mean, we did think the specific case of Dembele is still very, very young. I mean, you yeah. forget that. I talked about being at the Scottish Cup final and you go down into the mix zone after and the Celtic players are all celebrating in the dressing room and he's just standing outside because they're all <laughs> drinking and whatever. And he, I mean, he honestly looked like a schoolboy. Yeah, so outside I, of his fruit. He is a schoolboy. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, okay, it really drove it home to me, the <laughs> fact that he's a schoolboy, I guess. So I think with, with all these, you need to be careful that you don't burn players out too often. But I agree. There is... Um, you know, you have to make sure that you're also giving young players opportunities because I mean, fans want to see that as well. It's you know, at any club, uh, including Rangers and Celtic, 
obviously you want to see winning football, you want to see good players, but it's also you've always got that special thing if a player comes through your youth system yeah. and you see them make their debut and yeah. blah blah blah. Um, and you know if they've grown up supporting the team and stuff like that it makes it a bit more special so people do want to see that totally obviously. I mean that Rangers the young team for, for watching them recently there's some exceptional talent there absolutely exceptional talent across it and the Celtic team I think maybe even more to be honest the Rangers one but, but there has to be a, there has to be a pathway doesn't there yeah, and Gerard's be. talked about that but other managers have talked about that over the years and, and it just kind of feels like lip, lip yeah. service a lot of the yeah. time because then they're not actually brought in and it's totally understandable because yeah. managers are accountable for results you win. and young yeah. players can be a bit up and down well yeah. look what happened with Kerry Shields when Kelly couldn't get the top six and couldn't get relegated and he just put a load of young players in yeah. the team played them for the end of the season and then he got sacked at the end of the season because they finished eighth or whatever yeah. and the target was seventh yeah you know if you take that risk and you do that then yeah you know if you if you're a manager you might pr- you probably want to bring on a player slowly over a couple of years and turn them into a great player by giving them that chance giving them the chance yeah. to make mistakes but you ain't going to get that time if you're not getting the results no exactly Okay, well, the next topic is a comment that has been made by Fraser Foster. I mean, he made several comments. The interview wasn't about just this, but these are the quotes. Quite interesting. Um, He said, looking at what we've got in the dressing room and the team that we've got, there's no reason why we wouldn't have a comfortable season in the Premier League. I've been surprised at just how good they are. I knew there was a good squad here, but the second I came through the door, um, I, I knew that I knew that there was a good squad here the second I came through the door, but until you actually see people in training and day in, day out, you see what they can do. The young lads especially are just so talented. As they gather that experience, they are just going to get better and better. So, Gaby Mackay, you have watched a fair bit of Premiership football, or Premier League football, Uh should I say, in your time. Do you think this current Celtic side would hold their own in that league? No. I think this is a classic case of when in Scotland we just overrate the players we have. If you look at the results uh, in Europe, particularly in the Champions League, it doesn't bear that out. I mean, Fraser Foster was one of the worst players in a struggling Southampton team in the Premier League, so I'm not sure he's the best judge of what team would be comfortable in the Premier League. You saw Celtic get knocked out fairly easily in the Champions League by the Romanian champions, uh, who then went out to Slavia Prague. One bad half. No, <laughs> well, look, based on what I've seen, Celtic wouldn't win the Czech League, right? Yeah. So I don't think they would ever be comfortable in the Premier League. No, I don't think so. I, th- I think at the moment, the thing you have to think about is everyone, like Foster's talking specifically about this squad that he's got, that he's got the now down there, and I think that's a bit kind of a bit of a folly, really. Um, I think you talk about you know, a team like Celtic or Rangers being in that league and what that would bring. That's a different case entirely. Well, of course that's it not is, what then you'd have, then you yeah, get the money. And the, then you'd the, have the television money. So uh-huh. there obviously are Celtic players in that Celtic team and we've seen players, particularly from Celtic, go down south and be a success before. Yeah, so like the likes of Odds and Edward, I could see playing in the Premier League one day Easily. if he wants to. So it's not that they don't have quality, but I think if you look at um, okay, the few seasons before, not this season, because yeah. he seems to follow it with Neil Lennon, but Scott Sinclair uh-huh. was one of the best players in Scotland and he was a sort of middling, lower yeah. Premier League, yeah, yeah. top half of the championship kind of player. So if you've got a team of players sort of around that level, like, I mean, as I said about Foster, who was, I think, statistically the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League yeah. before he got dropped by Southampton, and he's the starting goalkeeper for Celtic, that would indicate to me that Celtic, with their current team, wouldn't be comfortable in the Premier no. League. I mean, I'm not saying they'd definitely get relegated. I'm not saying no, they'd finish with they no would. points, but I don't think, you know, I think they'd be scrapping around the yeah. sort of bottom, bottom half of the table. Bottom yeah. third, bottom third, bottom yeah. Third, yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, I think, obviously, 
taking things into account, TV money, a size of club, size of fans, these sort of things, that would change things radically. That's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's not a million years that wouldn't happen. This squad, hypothetically, it's a bottom third squad. Do you know what I mean? It's an over, over the piece. I think they would do all right. Do you know what I mean? But they certainly wouldn't be, you know, chapping at the door for European spots or, or, yeah. or any, even even up that sort of midland bit. It's just, they're, they're, you just look at the resources, it's just ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? The amount of money you get to get relegated for the EPL would take Celtic a, a lifetime to accrue outside the Champions League sort of money. You know. It'd be utterly fascinating just to see yeah. a season of how they would do. Just to do that, just throw them in. And I think, to be honest, I think if you've got all that TV money, I mean, the size of those Celtic and the size of those clubs in the prem, in the biggest league in the world, with all that support and all that money, the players that would go to those teams, the change that would make, why in a million years right. the team is vote but for Jules, that? I'm going to stop you there. And, and just bear in mind, folks, I don't want to get a deluge of Twitter nonsense. I'm playing devil's advocate here. <laughs> I was already going to get that because I said Celtic wouldn't win the check. Yeah. So. <laughs> People often say Rangers and Celtic, big clubs, the big clubs that they are, the minute they went in there, Newcastle are a massive club. They get 50-odd thousand every week, and that's with a, a toxic owner. They're a, a, a one-city, a one-club city. Um, why are Celtic and Rangers any different from, from Newcastle, say, or Aston Villa? But then, or- surely the counterpoint to that would be Bournemouth, who have a smaller stadium than Kilmarnock do, but are well run and have that huge TV money coming in and can go out and spend huge amounts of money on players, you know, nine, ten million, which is money that Celtic have spent, what, once or twice? twice yeah. That Rangers. But no, no one expects back. Bournemouth to go out and actually challenge for, say, the top six. But people expect that Rangers and Celtic would go down there, and because they had access to the riches, all of a sudden that would then mean that they could actually get up and in about that top six. Um, but there's no I, I see clubs just as big as Rangers and Celtic, maybe not with the same storied history in terms of European performance. Down in England, you know, the likes of Newcastle, the likes of Aston Villa, well, Everton. Aston Villa have won the European Cup. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Nottingham yeah. Forest have won two European Cups. Yeah, in a long time. Leeds United. But I, th- I think, I think a, team, a team sale at Celtic and at Rangers would attract a better standard of player than a Newcastle would. I generally believe that. I think they've got more of a image around the world of something, even though they do naff all these days. But I think it would definitely make a difference. Definitely would. Gabe, do you agree with that? I don't know, it's, it's all hypothetical. I mean, it's never going to yeah. happen, so no, it's all it's hypothetical. It's difficult to say. I mean, yes, but I mean, the Newcastle point, I suppose, is a good one, but then you'd say that with a toxic owner and not wanting to spend money, they're still kicking about in the Premier League. They still got, you know, they're probably in the top, what, 20, 25 in Europe in terms of revenue just yeah, because absolutely. of having that TV money. So yeah. I know it's a difficult one to say, and it's, it's, all, it's all hypothetical because there's not a chance <laughs> Rangers and Celtic really are ever going to go and play in England. Never. Never think it'll happen. I, I yeah. just can't see it. I can't. I can't see why other. Te- I can't see why your Bournemouth and these sort of things would vote for this new teams that are going to have a much bigger crowd than them and potentially put them down a slot. So I'll just throw for many other reasons as well. Okay, I'll, th- I'll throw this out there because I know Gaby follows Italian football. You know um, that um, the Agnellis at, at Juventus are trying to push change in European football. Yes. If you don't think it would be the disruption of national leagues with things like the the um, the Dutch the top Dutch clubs going into the German league or the, the top Scottish clubs going into the, the English league, what do you think is the next phase in the evolution of football? Because clearly there's something coming. This yeah. this status quo cannot remain. No, it can't. But I mean, again, the, the kind of money in the Premier League is sort of the reason behind why they're pushing for these changes because the huge clubs like, you know, Bayern Munich, Juventus, Real Madrid, Barcelona and other countries, you know, huge giants of European football see the money that these... They're bigger cl- than Newcastle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they see Just the money bit. that these kind of clubs are bringing in and they think, hey, we want a slice of that action, which is why they have these proposals for 
well, they won't call it a European Super League because it's a bit toxic, but they have this. So I, I do think eventually you'll see the biggest clubs will sort of break away and form their own. I'm sure they'll still play in domestic leagues in some form, but they'll probably have some sort of more closed shop Champions League where it's more of a league format. I would imagine that will eventually happen. I just think the way the tide is going, you're not going to be able to get away from that. And unfortunately, if you are a fan of Rangers or Celtic, I don't think they come into the bracket of those super clubs and I don't think they'll be getting a seat at the table. Yeah. yeah, follow the money. That's what I always say. Always you know, follow the money. The money goes into Paris Saint Germain because not because that's a storied historic club, but because of Paris as a city. The money flows into Roma. Not, I think, because Roma have a history of success. They've won one Scudetto in a hundred years. I think. No, it's like three. That. They've won three. Three, right? But one recent one. In yeah, they the, won. They won in two thousand and one. Yeah, but yeah. they've got three in the history. So, the reason that Americans are buying Roma is because Rome is a great city and there's potential there. And I, th- I think this sort of NFL of football is the is the way it's going to go with some sort of European Super League. Do you think that's uh, got potential, Jules? Has it got legs or am I talking rubbish? No, again, for the money. If there's big money to be made, that's the way things go. Do you know what I mean? And I, there is no big money to be made in Glasgow and Scotland in football, sadly. Do you know what I mean? I think that, that that's more of an issue. There's no, there's no attraction, you know what I mean? Um, there's no, unless you're some sort of independently minted Celtic or Rangers man who you know doesn't exist. Um, no, there's no oligarchs or sheiks going to go fancy firing all the money. It's not just them. Rangers and Celtic, really, is it? It's no, Scottish football, Scottish as, a football whole, as a whole. But that's difficult. Like that. no, nobody's going to throw in loads of money. They're not going to get it back. There's no glory in like buying Celtic or Rangers the league and bringing in all these things and doing that. If you're some foreign billionaire, do you know what I mean? It's like it's, it's not the EPL. It's not like you know Serie A. It's not these sort of things. It's just more and more going to get marginalised as it goes, and the more money there is, the more they'll section it off, as Gaby said, and make their own little empires to play in, and just leave the rest as you know, kicking about outside. For Throwing the... coins from the zeppelins. Yes, totally, exactly. Right does that depress you, Gaby? That vision of the future. Yeah, it does a little bit, but then I don't know. You you could argue that that's just a grander scale of what's happened in Scottish football, where there used to be more equitable revenue sharing there used to be sharing of gate receipts and Celtic and Rangers as the biggest clubs with the most fans said that's not fair what was the famous tail wagging the dog we want to keep more of the money no other team outside of Glasgow has won the league in 30 odd years and it's just it's just that on a bigger scale and unfortunately you know Rangers and Celtic are big fish in a small pond in Scotland when it comes to that kind of level they're in a shark tank and Exactly. Jules, we better Can't call complain. it today before Gaby seizes control of the means of production. <laughs> um, that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm just in time to make your work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website on our social media channels on Facebook or Twitter at football underscore Scott. Um, you can ask us a question. I'm sort of uh, reticent to even give these out after some of the things that have been said today, but you can get me at Johnny R. McFarlane, you can get Jules at Captain underscore Howdy, and you can get Gaby at Gaby Mackay. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening.